This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Indoors or out, fall, winter, spring, and summer, whenever you garden, wherever you garden, this is the show that covers it all. The AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Otherwise known as the Angel of the Azaleas, and I am uh, the co. Oh no, no, under undergardener. You could be the bacopa of the uh, uh, of the well, bees in the in the alphabet. How's that? <laughs> I am known really as the the chef. Sue. Uh, Sue. Sue chef of the garden. <laughs> yes. It's a wild and woolly morning here it is. at uh, AM 740 because, uh, well, Marilyn Wetson had her whole gang in here, and we just got in the nick of time. Griff is in the control room. It's his first time, I think, doing the uh, garden show. So Second you're going to have a lot of fun. Second time? There oh, okay. There, there you, you go. go. Oh, he's an old pro. Oh, heaven's yes. <laughs> Emphasis on old. And uh, that'll be the first voice that you folks uh, will... Uh, hear and speak to uh, when you call this number, okay? In Toronto, 416-360-0740. And anywhere out of town uh, in the province, in that for that matter, 1-866-740-4740. Okay, there we go. The numbers are on the air with the mantra... Call early, call often, one question per call. Excellent. Well, thank you. You are so sharp on this I'm stuff. smooth, I'm smooth. Yes. <laughs> smooth, like a smoothie. <laughs> so, okay, that's the mantra. Those are the phone numbers. Uh, if you want to get in touch via mm-hmm. other means, remember, email. Yep. Uh, you can email me, my first initial C, last name Dobbin, so C-D-O-B-B-I-N, at am740.ca that's a, an option if for whatever reason you can't get through on the phones which is why the mantra is call early and don't, don't hesitate to call often but just remember one question per caller remember if you're away and you miss a show and you want to listen back or you you know kind of don't get the details of something yeah, and want to yeah. listen back we are podcast. We are so cool. We are on iTunes. So very simply, just go to iTunes.com, download the software. There is some new iTunes software. iTunes 10 is out there. Download download that. And then just under the search, in the little search window, just yep. p- put my name or put The Garden Show, and it will come, yeah, up. come up. And, and there you, you are. Go. Just go ahead. It's all free. No cost at all. Uh, if you're away uh, and you can take your computer with you, you can listen to us anywhere in the world www.am740.ca if you are on Rogers Cable which is millions of people anywhere in the province Mm -hmm. channel uh, 949 that's right on your TV Mm. so any TV in your house just flip it to 949 and you can listen to the radio and we're there. And here we are. Okay, it's a it's a good-looking Saturday. It is. Great. Let me, uh, very good-looking Saturdays because there's a, quite a few things going on today. Oh, yes. So for those of you that didn't get this earlier and you're looking for something fun to do today, the Agent Court Garden Club is hosting their annual flower show, and it's from 2 until 4 p.m. this afternoon at the Knox United Christian Education Center, which is on Midland Avenue. Remember, everybody is welcome. It's an exciting display of flowers, plants, vegetables. It's 
a huge competition. Remember, we talk about those people that are, you know, cutthroat competitors <laughs> with their zucchinis. Yes. And um, there's floral designs. It's quite a delightful show. Free admission, and there is a tea room if you need to take a break. Uh, another thing to put, now this is for your, the future, put this in the calendar. Coming up is the Evergreen Brickworks Grand Opening Weekend. That is Saturday and Sunday, the 25th and 26th. So in two weeks, that'll be all day, both days. And it's cute because on Saturday they're calling it the Big Reveal. And Sunday is the uh, Evergreen, Evergreen Brickworks Community Festival. So tons and tons of programming going on. But I love that, the Big Reveal. Yeah, yeah. Because they're very excited. They're really well, showing yeah, talk off. To a gentleman there yesterday. Yeah, and you're going to have him on your show yes. right during the big reveal, which would Absolutely. be great, Anthony. And uh, yeah, they're good people. And it's 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 pretty neat. Now, Brickworks will be open year-round as a community center with all kinds of programming. So any if you want any information, very easy website, just evergreen.ca. Remember, that's the, the old Brickworks down yeah. on Bayview Avenue. Todd Morton Mills. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just south of, of Pottery Road across from Todd Morton Mills. Right. Okay. Good. Think we got that fix on things there? I think so. All, All right. right. And um, we need to just mention I brought you a couple nice big bottles. You did, and I was getting low, so that's a good thing you did. Excellent. Of Sierra Sale. Sierra Sale, yes. Yeah. Natural the, product. The, exactly. And the wonderful people from Vancouver sent a couple of bottles in because Frank is a consistent uh, consumer of this natural mineral product. And as is my husband, Elliot, both obviously anecdotally telling me good stories about how good they feel. And uh, yeah, I, I've been reading a bit about. Um, you see, it's this whole thing about relieving joint pain and arthritis, and these might not even be something you've had diagnosed as such. It's just you feel, and we all feel as we get older, little aches and pains, whether yep. it's wrists or elbows or knees or shoulders, whatever it is. You want to be active. You want to be gardening, golfing, you know, kickboxing, whatever the case may be. You want to stay as, as pain-free as possible, and certainly Sierra Sil can help a lot for most people. And they can be found online very they easily. Can. Well, it's Guaranteed results within 14 days or your money back. So one eight seven seven joint 14 There you go. Transplanting good ideas from one gardener to another. This is the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And we're back at it. I mean, you know, gardening and all that sort of stuff. The what good a stuff. gorgeous day. Yeah, this it's is beautiful. Perfect gardening thought about weather. you coming in and thought, boy, I, oh, Charlie's going to be over the moon with this yeah, kind of weather. It's perfect. The, you know, we had a little bit of rain. So we've got a little bit of moisture in the ground. We've got sun shining today. Perfect temperatures. You're not going to be sweating. You can get lots of work done. Transplanting, planting, pruning, whatever you need to do. Well, I wonder what's on Joan's mind out there in North York. Let's find out. Good morning, Joan. Good morning. Um, my question is about uh, transplanting uh, raspberry bushes. I did, uh, just I guess about three weeks ago, transplant. I transplanted a couple of uh, uh, raspberry bushes. And should I expect that they should have no problem? I see the leaves got wilted mm-hmm. and... Okay, no, good question. Whenever we transplant anything, we do stress the plant, and we traditionally also, despite every effort to the contrary, we do leave some roots behind. So keep in mind that when you move a plant and you've lost some of the roots, very naturally that the plant has difficulty actually supporting all that above-ground growth with less root material to absorb moisture, etc. So did you cut back the raspberries when you did the transplanting? Cut back the raspberries. Cut back the canes as you were doing the 
I didn't Trans- cut back anything. Okay, so that's always a good rule of thumb is just think in terms of you're going to leave behind about 30% of the roots, so cut down about 30% of the plant. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. You'll and, see less wilting. Okay, and going out and buying them, is, there, is it rocket science how to do this? How do you mean the transplanting part or the growing part? Growing. No, they're very easy to grow. The main thing is make sure they're in a place where there's lots of sun. Okay. Preferably six hours minimum daily of sun. Okay. The soil doesn't have to be amazingly rich, but it does have to be well-drained. Raspberries do not want to be in a soggy location. Okay. Okay, so sunny, well-drained soil. And for most people, raspberries um, actually are happier and more vigorous than they expect. And the small patch becomes a big patch. (laughs) Okay? Thank you. You're very welcome. Thanks very much, Joan. First caller in on The Garden Show. And I think Joan will be calling us in a year or so to say, okay, now I've got really happy raspberries. Now what do I do? Because there is the only rocket science part is that there is pruning in the future. But for now, just... Get them healthy and happy and established is the main right thing. Right you are. 9.15 here at AM 740. It's The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin and with Frank Proctor along as, uh, well, as the, the sous chef. The sous chef. Under, un- under gardener. Under gardener. I love that term, under gardener. <laughs> under gardener. I think I fit like a mortician. Well, uh, okay. I always think, see of myself with like stiletto heels, right? You, you lie. Mortician. Yeah, oh lying on the God. ground and me with my, you know, my oh foot my on your Lord. back. Yeah, it's not my vision. Oh, um, <laughs> yeah, oh, oh, it's nice to live in your world. Wow. Uh, Catherine in Milton. Hello and good morning. <laughs> Hello, Catherine. Um, I have a question about my elder bushes. I have several different varieties throughout the yard, and this year we had an elder beetle, which we verified on the web. And of course, now most of the long branches have died back, and when we prune them back to the ground, we've got this larva in it. And last week you spoke about dormant spray, and I wonder if that's something we could use in the spring to prevent this next year. So are you convinced that you have borers in the elders and that they are throughout the entire plant? Yes. Every branch you take off, you can see it's hollow, mm-hmm. and you can actually see the larva. Mm. Yikes. Not good. Dormant spray is uh, an excellent, very important, uh, both an insecticide and a fungicide when sprayed properly. However, it is a superficial pesticide. It's not absorbed by the plant. It doesn't kill anything inside a plant. It only kills on the surface. Uh, okay. So when we had, this is a real trick because back in the day, we had some pesticides which were called systemic insecticides. Things like Saigon is probably the best known, which we used on our birch trees. But there were others that we would spray. The plant would absorb the insecticide, making the plant poisonous, killing insects inside, uh, like Mm -hmm. larvas and borers. But, of course, reasonably thinking that through, in the case of elders, where you probably wanted to eat the berries, you wouldn't want to eat the berries because they would be obviously full of that insecticide as well. So that's the trick, is we don't have access to systemic insecticides any longer. The best thing you can do is, as you're suggesting, cut them down. Um, I guess, you know, normally we would cut them down in the spring, but because you've got the evidence of the insect now, you, you need to just cut down as far as you need to go until you're past borer damage, tunneling and larvae. Oh, that's of, right to the ground on some of them. Right, and that, that might indicate the death of the plant. 
that might mean that that plant cannot, will not survive and come back next year as a healthy plant if the bores are, are firmly lodged inside. There's really nothing that I know of. I, I can look this up and report back next week, but there's nothing I know of that can truly eradicate an internal insect like that. Okay, well, thank you for that information. Yeah, sorry for sorry. To be the bearer of yeah. bad news there, gosh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Good luck with that. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. Sounds like new raspberry plants on the way. Um, Elders. Uh, elder, what am I saying? Elder <laughs> elder plants on the way. Um, golly, oh, we're, we're well, traveling yeah, all over the province, aren't we? Yeah. We're going now to, uh, oh, hey, here in Toronto, right? Just around the corner, probably. Uh, Barbara, good morning to you. Hello. Good morning. Jerry, I have a very big problem with clover that has invaded my garden. In the garden or in the lawn? It, no, I have no lawn. Okay. All my my uh, house has all native plants mm. and uh, rocks and stones, mm. and I have had I, I've got beautiful moss. Mm-hmm. And up until two years ago, there was no clover whatsoever. And now it has just invaded the moss, killing it. Mm, yep. We don't know what to do. Oh. So what have you tried? Have you tried going out there and digging it up? Yes. Okay. Now, clover has a deep taproot. A nice, strong screwdriver with moist soil can help you loosen that root. Because you'll find that at this time of year, one clover plant can be huge. Like, it can cover a lot of oh, area. It is, it inv- we're on a corner lot, and it has invaded... And, no, we have gone out there for hours yeah, yeah. and tried to pull it, mm-hmm. and that's that's not working. No, it's just too much area for you to cover. Uh, is there any solution to getting rid of it? Hmm. In a garden, hmm. Um, okay, not, re- not any easy solution. If you had clover in the lawn and you really wanted to eradicate it, there is that new product out there called Weed Be Gone, which is this high iron content herbicide, which will kill broad-leafed plants like clover and allow the grass to survive. Mm-hmm. However, in your case, the clover is in, in amongst moss and in amongst native plants, as you say. So the weed be gone would be just as detrimental to the growth of those plants as it would be to the clover. So unless the clover kind of stands alone and you can very carefully just spray it, no, it would be very hard yeah. to use that kind of a, any kind of a spray. There's no... There's no, there's nothing selective enough out there that would selectively kill the clover and nothing else. We've even thought that we're going to have to get rid of all our moss. I mean, it has, it's killing the moss. And I mean, I can tell you, it is so magnificent, so much moss, mm-hmm. and to kill it would break our hearts. <laughs> is it the the moss that we think of that grows, uh, like, sort of, I think of... Georgian Bay, you know, the green, really no, short... No, no, like Irish moss. Oh, okay, Irish, yeah, Sagina subulata, it's called. Oh, so you've got lots of that growing, yeah, yeah which is lovely. And I it's know. like a little carpet. Frank can't imagine this, but it's like, t- if you look really close, it's like little tiny, almost needle-like leaves, but yeah. very soft and spongy. Oh, it's it's magnificent. Like, yeah, it's like, it's like thyme, except it doesn't smell when that's you step right. on it. Yeah. So and there's no solution... No, there's, we can't. well, you see, that's the thing to kill clover. There's kind of three ways. One is with a, a chemical pest, um, insect herbicide, but there's nothing selective enough that won't kill the moss. Number two would be physically removing each plant, and number three is suffocation. But again, to suffocate the clover is to suffocate what it's growing in, which would be oh, the it's moss. a catch twenty two, isn't yeah. it? Really, 
Mm. Yeah, it is. And you have no idea how magnificent the garden mm. is. I mean, people, I've garden tours of people taking pictures yeah. of my garden out the front. Yeah. And they don't see it. And then somebody said to me, people can't see no. the invasion, but still, we know you it's see there. It. You know yeah, it's there, yeah. 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 I mean... I guess the other thing would be it's a fair-sized property with a fair amount of square footage to to weed, and certainly it's very tough to get out there and do it all by yourself. Uh, you know, hiring a, a team or you know, kind of putting on a, a like. A, I'm wondering if you could almost ask for help. You know, come over, help me weed my clover. I'll feed everybody <laughs> lunch or something. You know what I mean? Like beer and clover. That's yes. right. Exactly. Well, beer, husband, pizza, and clover party. My husband has been down on his hands and knees pulling it out, mm-hmm. but maybe we're not going deep enough. You really have to get the root. And they, like I say, every plant has a single tap root, and mm-hmm. every plant could cover as much as a square a yard at this time of year, because the clover has just loved this summer, and it's really been growing very, very well. You might find you only have about 50 plants, but they're actually covering a huge, a huge area. That's right. So you're taking, you're saying take a screwdriver? Yeah. Go, t- like, pull, hold, pull up some of the stems and leaves, but you know, you've got your gloves on, down on your hands and knees, pull up the stems and leaves until you're at the point where it's attached to the ground because clover sits on the surface, right? Mm-hmm. So kind of follow those stems and leaves to the root. Now with a long, strong screwdriver, stick that in the ground straight down alongside the root, loosening the root. Well, they've got those shimmying. long prongs too with kind of a fork at the end where you can really get down deep. Well, those ones that you stand on, yeah. they don't pull up well, clover no, just, just as one, well. No, just you one have line. to get down your hands yeah, and You knees. do. But yeah. I, I just find a nice screwdriver can really help with a tap-rooted plant like that because you can just go straight down by the root, shimmy it around, shake it up. Meanwhile, you're pulling on the clover plant, getting it to release, get that root to release, and then pull it up. It'll come up, up like a carrot almost. You know, yep. it's a, a big root, and all of a sudden you've opened up a big patch of earth and oh, okay. you know, get the moss that's exposed. very helpful. Good. We, we have been pulling it, but I guess we've just been pulling the head off. All yeah. right, yeah. Get yeah, those roots. No, you've been very helpful. My Thank pleasure. You, Thanks, okay, Barbara. Good luck with that. Help. Bye-bye. <laughs> 924 here at AM 740. Charlie Dobbin will return in just a moment. Getting to the root of a growing dilemma. This is the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Actually, it's the terrific Troika here today. Griff answering the phones and producing the show. Frank Proctor here as a sous chef or under gardener, if you will. And Charlie Dobbin, the goddess of the gardens here. And we're uh, going to skip on out to uh, say hi to Stella in Toronto. Hey, Stella, how are you? I'm fine, thanks. Good. Good morning. Good morning. Um, I have a uh, question about the dahlias. Um, they're mostly really nice green leaves and no flowers. Oh. When did you plant them? Uh, well, some of them uh, the end of May and most of them in June. Hmm. And are they the big, tall, what they call dinner plate dahlias? I have a couple of din- dinner plate and then most of them are just small, uh, uh, the regular size flowers. Really? And the, and the little ones aren't flowering? Well, a couple of them have a couple of blooms, but nothing like I've had. Like, see, I've had them for many years, okay. nothing like I've had other years. So these are roots you've saved and replanted or tubers you've replanted over the years? Yes. Okay. Well, because in my experience, when you don't get a lot of, well, when they're slow to flower, it's because we were slow to plant them. I Dahlias know. need a certain amount of what they call heat units to be outside in the sun, in the you know warm temperatures before they form their flower buds. 
So, but we, you know, we've had a great summer. So, and you would know that because you've obviously planted them in the past. Late May should have been fine. Even, I mean, I've been known to start them in my house in advance. You know, start them in sort of April in pots so uh-huh. that they're blooming. I like to get them blooming by June if I can uh, in the garden. So, but the big ones are always a little later. They're always more like July or August. The other thing would be fertilizer. The soil is it good, rich soil? Have you fertilized at all? Uh, not this year. That might be partly what's slowing them down as well. You know what? miracle Grow is just perfect in that situation. Dahlias and any of the flowering annuals, they are fairly heavy feeders. They do need, you know, real, um, you know, sort of a punch of food, and that's where miracle Grow is perfect. You could even do that now. You know, mix them up today and, and water them. You may see if it, our weather is still going to be quite seasonal for the next few weeks. You could still see the formation and some real some bang of color still in the next few weeks. Don't give up yet. Okay. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. A much relieved sounding Stella leaving us here on the Garden Show. Well, it's funny because I was listening to the Weather Network either this morning or last night, and they said something about a frost warning. I went, frost warning? (laughs) And I was like, oh, in northern New Brunswick. Okay. Okay. Okay, I can't handle that. But still, frost warning. I know. Well, up in Lindsay, apparently they had a bit of snow the other day. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. There you go. (laughs) There There you go. go. But we're still okay as far as I know down here in, in, you know, the the banana belt in southern Ontario. We're going to take a little trip uh, to the north and a little bit to the west here and get up to a beautiful uh, little town, Brampton, and say hi to Angela. Hi, Angela. Hi there. Good morning. Morning. I have a problem with my hostess. Mm-hmm. They're turning brown at the leaves. Not all of them, just some of them. Now, uh, start, starting on sort of the edges and, yes. c- and moving forward. You know what? That's just an indication of the days getting shorter, nights getting oh, cooler. Oh, is it is? Yep. Okay. Yeah. I'm just wondering why they were just turning all brown at the edges. Yeah, I, I, I would imagine that's what it is. There, I mean, there's nothing, there's no, like, dog peeing on no, them or no. something like that. Because that, <laughs> Frank's looking at me, what? <laughs> <laughs> you know, that obviously urine can do a number on hosta leaves. Um, generally, though, I mean, just ensure that, that they're not suffering for super lack of water. They finish flowering, obviously. You've, have you taken out the flowers? Yes. Remove those? Good. Yes. Yeah, so you will see the okay. slow, you know, kind of the maturity of the down. plants just starting to slow down, which is fine. No fertilizer. Let them slowly wind down. Okay. Hard to believe, but winter is coming, and they I have know. to get ready for it. Right. Okay. Yeah, you're calling You're calling from Brampton. You know Engelbert Humperdinck is coming out to the Rose Theater? I know. I'm, oh. I'm, 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 listen, I'll be there on Monday. Oh, for good. Sure. Yeah, for sure. Well, I'll be calling. Good for you. Yeah. yeah. Heard those uh, little spots already that you I can... I saw that. Folks can actually win tickets to meet, meet him. I know, and I know. travel by limo, I think, yeah. to the Rose Theater and go backstage. A celebritylimousine.com is How old is Engelbert Humperdinck now? Well, I don't know, but he still sings like a son of a gun, yeah. I'll tell you. Yeah, His voice <laughs> is great. Oh, have a great time, Angela, you if you get have to go. Have a great weekend. Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah, good luck with that. Okay. Uh, boy, we've got a busy show this morning. Uh, and mold coming up on this particular question from Enos in Scarborough. Hi, Enos. Good morning. Morning. Yeah, I have an any uh, sorry, nine bark, mm-hmm. and all the new growth is not hasn't. It hasn't any color. It's almost like, and it's hard, like like candied. Hmm. So all growth. kind of wrinkled too. Is it all kind of distorted? Uh, yes, a little bit. Yeah. 
Okay, so what we're talking about here is nine, nine bark, bark, which is a shrub. Yeah. Proper name is Physocarpus, for yeah. anybody who wants to look this up, P-H-Y. Yeah, people usually don't know that. <laughs> no, but sometimes that, just to clarify what we're talking about, nine bark um, used to be a pretty common green-leaved plant with it's lovely... It's a reddish, almost a reddish-colored leaf. Right. Well, the originals were, were um, green, and then they were able to come up with one that's got a very purple leaf yeah, called right. Diablo, and yeah, that was about the one I have. 10 years ago, and it's really taken off as a very popular shrub. It's a, it's a nice-looking leaf. It's an easy plant to grow, great, beautiful Grows white flowers that yeah, really contrast very nicely with the purple leaves. Right now, though, two things are happening. One is if you're seeing a lot of really kind of gnarly, distorted growth, it could be that you had some aphids or have, more likely had, some I aphids. I have checked the bush all summer long. You, uh, you watched? I don't see anything on it. Okay. But all the new growth is, is hard. Okay. And the other thing that happens to nine bark as the humidity levels increase, which they were doing in August, mm-hmm. we will often see mildew. Start to see some powdery mildew on the That's surface. That's not powdery mildew. It's not, eh? No, no. Because the, the leaf itself is almost like a candied fruit, you know? Yeah, like it's really hard. hard. Yeah, now if you say it's... Got, and what, is the red, the coloration different from the regular purple? Like, is it more oh, of a yeah, red? No, the, these new, the new growth has no color. Oh, so no what color? color? It's white? Yeah. Hmm. So it's got no color. Okay, so you have two options. One option would be to trim and discard of your trimmings today. Mm-hmm. The other would be to ignore it and know that you will do some trimming next spring. But either way, you're going to want to trim. And nine barks get very big, so we, yes. we tend to have to trim them just right. to keep yeah. them under control. I've been doing it already. Yeah, so, and you want to do your trimming either late fall or early spring because you want to maximize your flowering for midsummer next year. And remember, the flowers come onto the new growth of yes. the nine bark. So yes. you yeah. could prune quite hard next spring if you want to wait. Um, I would think you could have a little bit of a, of a rust disease going on there. Rust diseases can often cause discoloration or lack of color in leaves, uh-huh. and they can often cause a real odd growth habit of the leaves when you get a bit of a rust yeah. going on. So, so even the shape of the leaf is, is a little different than yeah. the full-grown leaf. Yeah. Now, rust diseases are, are fungal diseases, which is very consistent with high humidity and, you know, kind of temperatures that we tend to have late summer. N- nothing to worry about in terms of the long-term health of the plant. It's more well, of a visual. Is there any spray or anything I should use no. at a certain time? Not now. No, because you see, the trick with fungal diseases is you can't really eradicate them. You can mm-hmm. only prevent them. Mm-hmm. So what we learned from this is that next year, around about July, late July, you'll want to get a hold of something called garden sulfur, which will be a liquid in a spray yes. bottle. I, I, yeah. You may have I, some I of that. sulfur over the years and other plants. Sure. Or even something called Bordeaux, B-O-R-D-O, mm-hmm. which is a copper sulfate mm-hmm. powder you mix with water. And you'll spray to prevent that problem. You won't have the problem when you do the spraying, and that's always the trick with fungal diseases is why are we spraying? It looks fine, but the only way we can control fungal diseases is to prevent. Yeah, because every year we've had mildew on flocks, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I've used sulfur. Yeah. But this year, the flocks is clean. Yeah. No, and the nannyberry has big patches of, of uh, mold yeah. on the leaves. Like hmm. the leaves are almost white on top. Well, it, like, sometimes it's air circulation, right? If we don't get good wind and we mm. don't get good air, we'd be more yeah, well, fungus. Yeah, much wind this summer. That's right. It was quite, quite dead air, actually, yeah. through a lot of August. So yeah. that's what it could be. Well, but hopefully those... Not are... to worry. Yeah, I mean, it's, like it, it's not pretty right now, but it's not going to hurt the plant in the long term. Yeah. 
Okay. Thank you, okay. Enos. Thanks, Thanks for your call. Thank, Thank you. you. Take care of the folks in Scarborough, and we've got to take some uh, uh, care of with our friends in Alliston. Make sure they're up uh, to speed with what's going on in the garden. Phyllis going to help us out there. Hi, Phyllis. Hi. How are you today? Good. Morning. Yeah, I'm very lucky to get through again. Excellent. <laughs> yes. Um, it's in regards to, um, I was told that it was a good idea, because I have a lot of squirrels up here, and uh, to put cayenne pepper on top of the, the bulbs that I plant mm-hmm. in the fall. Be- uh, before you put the soil on, you mean? Um, that's what I'm asking. I don't know, because she didn't tell me whether to put it on the top of the soil or with the bulb when I plant the bulb. Okay, so the, the theory with cayenne pepper is that we put it in a, in a situation where the squirrel or the rabbit or the raccoon, whatever, will be snuffling around, smelling for something yummy to dig up right. and end up snuffling some cayenne pepper up their little noses and then start sneezing uncontrollably <laughs> and get very frustrated with the whole situation and leave your garden. Right. So that's the theory on cayenne pepper. Now, it's, um, so it has to be on a surface. It can't, underground is going to be of no value. Okay, I, I kind of figured that but I wasn't sure. Now, keep in mind, though, as soon as it rains, the cayenne pepper disappears. That's what I thought, too, so I really didn't know what to think of it. Is is there any other way of me doing it other than that? Well, what I do, a couple things I do when I plant bulbs. One is, you know there are some bulbs that are more edible than others. Right. So, for example, tulips are one of the most tasty bulbs out there, uh, as are crocuses, for example. And squirrels are great garden designers. I mean, they'll dig everything up and then replant it for you, right? That's all they do. It's not like they dig it up and eat it. They dig oh, it up so and move nice it. of them. <laughs> so, so all your best-made bulb garden designs get modified by the squirrels. Okay. Now, what I find is squirrels are very curious animals. If they see you're out there digging, they're watching, okay? <laughs> then you do this beautiful Spine job. Onion. Yeah, exactly. You plant everything. You leave this perfectly clean surface, and the soil is beautiful and fresh and untouched, and, and, and there might be a little bit of shreds of bulb skin hanging around. And they, as soon as you go in the house, they're right over there going, what did she plant? What did she plant? What did she plant? <laughs> and they start digging it up, right? And then they replant for you. So the trick is, is do, try and do your planting when there's no squirrels watching, okay? So you want to really kind of... In the middle of the night. Exactly. <laughs> when they're sleeping is a good time or when it's raining and they're not out there. The other thing is, when you're finished planting, don't leave a perfectly... Um, uh, the, don't leave the bed perfect like you've just been working on it. Nice and flat. Exactly. Get some leaves, throw them on top. <laughs> if you've got a few sticks or branches <laughs> floating around the yard, throw that on top. Make it look untouched. Make it look okay. like you haven't been digging there. And they won't be so curious for that reason. And many people will use chicken wire or an old, even an old window screen and okay. lay that right on the surface as well. On just the to, top. Just okay. to keep the, the uh, squirrels from digging. Okay. If it's a wow. window screen, you'll have to remove that in the spring, obviously. But of it's course. a good way just to fool them for the next month or so. I think you've got to be a little undercover uh, training here. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Squirrels, boy. Boy, they're so curious. And they're, Allison's not so bad. You get into downtown Toronto, they are so inbred. They're just wacko. <laughs> they, they're really out of control. Wow. Well, <laughs> well, that sounds really good. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. Have a great day. Thanks a lot, Phil. Okay, bye. Bye-bye now. Uh, phone numbers to reach Charlie, 416 360 0740 in Toronto, anywhere else in the province, toll free 1 866 740 You are listening to the Charlie Dobbin Garden Show. I'm Frank Proctor, and this is Zoomer Radio.
Through rainy days and long droughts, infestations and early frost, she's the one constant in your garden. You're listening to the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And, you know, uh, when we're running this show, yes. you and I, of course, in the studio here, Griff in the other room sends mm-hmm. his little messages on our monitor. And this next message intrigues me. <laughs> uh, we're going to get a call here from Barbara in Toronto, and it's about Newfoundland mock orange. I can just see them. Oh, because of the mock Mocking, yes. And we'll find out if any of that comes true at all. Hello, Barbara. How are you? Good morning. You guys make a great team. <laughs> Thank, oh, thank you. you. <laughs> yes, he's quite visual, isn't he, that, that Frank? <laughs> well, that makes it more interesting. It does. Okay. Um, a couple of months ago, I heard newscast about um, the Newfoundland is growing big. This is going to be one of their main crops because it's very difficult to grow anything in Newfoundland. Mm-hmm. And they've had great success in growing Newfoundland mock orange bush. Mm-hmm. And the is it the freezing zone is one degree or two degrees below the the lowest zone we can get in in Toronto. It now, is. I would like to purchase this bush uh-huh. for my Newfoundland friend as a surprise. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. I do not have a computer. I do. <laughs> and I tried to do a, a follow-up with CTV, but they said they were too busy. Well, we're not. No, and, we can always um, find time. The fellow that was um, uh, um, telling us about this um, bush, mm-hmm. uh, what's his name? The consumer reporter. Mm-hmm. Forget his name offhand. All right. Well, not to worry. Uh, So you know what mock orange is. It's a shrub. And it has the most beautiful perfume. That's right. Very well known for its fragrant flowers. Mm. Um, Often referred to as jasmine because it's sweet like a jasmine Mm -hmm. smell. Uh, but, of course, it's not uh, actually a jasmine. It's called Philadelphus. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it is a North American, native to North America shrub. Mm-hmm. Generally speaking, all the mock oranges are zone 3 or zone 4. So what that means is that these plants are fairly hardy because in Toronto, uh, as we, if we live in the city of Toronto, we're living in zone 6. The lower the number, the hardier the plant. That's correct. So if we were gardening up in Sudbury, for example, we'd be uh, sort of a zone two garden. Mm -hmm. We wouldn't grow mock orange because mock orange being zone three or four would die in a zone two environment. But it certainly does well here in Toronto. Comes with green leaves, comes with golden leaves, comes with, you know, it's been various uh, bits of breeding done with it to make some double flowers, uh, different sizes and shapes. Mm-hmm. Oh, it does come in double flowers. It does, yep. Um, and now, what is the, um, uh, the bloom time? I, it has a short It's always period. summer. Well, it depends when you say short. See, this year we went, our, our spring was very short, and then we jumped right into summer, and it was very, very mild. And mm-hmm. uh, what that means is that, that shortens the blooming time of any of the summer flowering plants. I see. Uh, the cooler the weather, the longer any flowers last. Now, I've heard of Minnesota mock orange, but I honestly haven't heard of Newfoundland mock orange. So I'll yes, look that up it, for you, see what that, I can find out. Pardon me? I will look that up and see what I can find out. Well, that would be wonderful. How would I... Um, you listen next week. Listen, well... Charlie has some homework. I just got out of hospital. Oh, did you? Well, oh, but you can listen to the radio. Or... Uh, yes, I could, but um, whether I'm sleeping or not is another story. Oh, um, oh, that's right. You said you don't have access to a computer. No, um, I don't. 
I was going to say, because... Is there you... any other way of contact? Perhaps you could leave a message, and I could call the station again? Tell you what, right now... Um, or I could leave my number. You'll give, give your number to Griff, so he'll get back. I'll let you go. Griff will talk to you, and he'll get your home number from you. Yes. And I will call you. How's but that? Specifically, it has to say Newfoundland. Yeah, yeah of course. For okay. a friend in Newfoundland. I understand. Great stuff. Not a problem. Okay. <laughs> thanks. All right. Thanks. Always, Have a nice day. always happy to help. Keep our listeners happy. That's, That's our motto. That's right. That's the exactly. customer is always the number one person here. Well, at Beamsville, let's yes. see what's going on there in Margaret's Garden. Hello, and welcome to the show, Margaret. Good morning. Morning. I wonder if you could tell me what will I do with a rain barrel for the winter? This is a new rain barrel for you that you hooked up this I've year? I've never had one before, and uh, I bought one this year, and it's been wonderful. My flowers are much better for it. Oh, no kidding. Nothing like so rainwater. I, I just don't know what to do with it for the winter because I was warned by one lady that hers exploded oh, with yee. cold of the winter. <laughs> flip it upside <laughs> this down. This is a very good question. Uh, well, as Frank said, flip it upside down. First of all, you must empty your rain barrel before freeze up. Oh. So what? Uh, so it's right now, is it attached? It's got something. Is the downspout running directly into the rain barrel, or yes. is there a little side hose well, coming yes, off? but it's easily removed. Okay. I mean, it's, there's nothing to moving it. There you go. So at some point, even if you wanted to say, you know, call it today, though you could probably still wait another week or so or two, you want to disengage the, the downspout going into the rain barrel and have the downspout just be the downspout and go where it used to go. Yes. Okay. Now you'll continue to work away at emptying your rain barrel, watering all the plants that love that nice natural rainwater. Mm-hmm. Eventually it will be empty. Once it's empty, what I usually do um, f- just for the winter is I'll give it a bit of a scrub because there'll be a bit of a almost um, kind of a scum? sludgy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. My, mine runs off my roof. So there's always a little bit of junk coming off mine the roof. Too. Yeah, so it gets into the rain barrel. So when it's still, you know, a little bit wet and the weather's nice, I'll get the hose out and scrub the whole thing down just with a brush, no soap and water or anything, just a brush and the hose. Yeah. Scrub it all out. And as Frank says, you can either leave it upside down. I just leave mine upright, but it's not attached. And so it's sitting in its exact spot where it sat all summer, but now it's empty and it's not attached to the downspout and it sits there all winter and you have no issues. Come spring, we set up our, you know, re- reconnect yes. the downspout and you're good to go. Wonderful. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. And you're, the friend who told you that it exploded is absolutely right. Remember what happens when water freezes, right? Of it course, expands. Yes, it expanded. And uh, um, a good friend of mine, some of you may have heard of Dennis Flanagan. Frank knows yeah, him. He's yeah, sat in guy. here with me. Uh, and he was my co-host when we did a TV show together. <laughs> he had a rain barrel years ago on his house in Stouffville. When it froze, because he didn't empty it, and it expanded, the water, uh, of course, went up the downspout and ripped his whole eaves trough off the, off the side Ooh, of his house. Boy. So not only did he kind of... Costly lesson. Yes, blow his rain barrel all to bits, but he also blew the whole side of his uh, eaves trough so, and downspout. So. Dennis, yeah. that sounds like something that happened to me, not Dennis. No, that's a Dennis thing, totally. Trust me. He's, they don't come much more absent-minded than him sometimes. So, yeah, don't leave water in your rain barrel and don't leave it attached. Good thank tips. Thank you very, very much. Right. Hey, thank you, Margaret. Thanks, Margaret. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, coming up to 9.50 here at AM 740. And uh, that means it's time for a little word from you, Charlie. From our one of our big sponsors and supporters, the Sierra Sill people. Yep. Um, we do talk about this is a, a supplement used to keep us 
you know, vigorous loose. and loose. Yeah. And it's being used by by professional athletes, you know, football players, golfers, tennis, and regular people who just <laughs> want to be gardening and golfing and, and having free. fun. Yeah. That's right. Um, and you know what's the other thing is Sierra Sil is often used on pets. Cats and dogs as they get older and they start getting all stiff. And oh, they, really? You, you know, think of dog, old dogs get, trying to get up and down the stairs or, you know, going out for a walk and they're just, you can just tell they're so arthritic. Sierra Sil When you is, said old dogs, you were looking right at me, weren't you? <laughs> Gee. Funny how you, <laughs> you interpret things. <laughs> but you learn new tricks, so yes, you, can't, you can't be an old dog. Um, however, it's, so it's a pretty neat uh, supplement. Very useful for all kinds of different people and pets and very, very good results. Um, guaranteed within 14 days. So for more information, give the people in Vancouver a call. They're standing by one eight seven seven joint 14 Transplanting good ideas from one gardener to another. This is the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Proctor, uh, Frank Proctor here, uh, kind of helping out uh, along with the phone numbers. Big time helping sort of out. Thing. Yeah. You're the best. You know, we're going to go now to uh, a spot where there is the Proctor Simpson Theater uh, right in town there in Brighton. I know. You're and famous. You're I know, everywhere. I know. Uh-huh. Rose, welcome to the show. Oh, good morning, and I'm glad I finally got through. I've been trying for weeks. But anyways, it's about my hydrangeas. Mm -hmm. The one is a large one I've had for years, and it used to have all kinds of blooms. Last year, it didn't have any. This Mm -hmm. year, I have one. Mm -hmm. My other hydrangea was the same. It's a younger one. Mm -hmm. And this year, I've only got two um, blooms. I look look at everyone else's around Brighton here, and they're just loaded this year. They're hanging over. I've asked people, what do you do? Oh, we cut them all off in the fall. Some say, no, I leave half, or I do it in the spring. What am I doing wrong? (laughs) You know what? Don't take this personally, but it happens to the best of us sometimes. Hydrangeas, I think, are just, they pick their people. Some years they perform and some years they don't. I'm exactly like you. I have a green hydrangea in my yard that was guaranteed to flower. So uh, it might be, are you in a fairly clay soil? Uh, no, I well, where these are, I've really added a lot of mulch and everything okay, over good. the years, but the my, rest of my lawn, and that is clay, yeah. but this is, I have doctored this soil where they are. Mm-hmm. Okay, and the large one's been there for many years. Oh, many years, yes. And these are the ball-type hydrangeas, the ones with the big round flowers. The big flowers. round ones that are beautiful right now. And the smaller one, the, the younger plant, is that one, how many years ago did you plant that one? Uh, I've had it about five. Oh, five years. Do you think that um, the younger one, could it have been called Endless Summer? Does that ring a bell? Well, uh, when I first planted, and I know you can change the shades of them, mm-hmm. it was more blue, and it started out like that this year, but it's turned pink, so okay. now I'm not sure of the name. It's likely that the one that's the younger one, the five-year-old one, is a newer variety of something called hydrangea macrophylla. Oh, I'm sure it is, yes, now that you say that. Mm-hmm. Now, macrophylla means big leaves, uh, and they are big-leaved hydrangeas with big round balls when they flower. The old varieties, unfortunately, are not very consistent flowers. The flowers form on last year's wood, so last year's growth, or in this case, the, the leaves and the stems that you have above ground right now are where the flowers will form next year. But in our climate, usually all those stems die down in the winter, so we have to trim them down in the spring. We have to trim down all the dead. Then all the new fresh grows up from there. And of course, we get a lot of leaves and not a lot of flowers because it's all brand new wood. The difference is that the endless summer 
it's the same hydrangea macrophylla, but it's been selected to bloom on new wood as well as old wood. So this year's growth as well as, excuse me, last year's growth. So don't give up on the younger one. The older one, you may have to just choose to to give up on that. It's never going to provide a lot of consistent flowering for you Mm -hmm. if there's a lot of dieback every winter. Don't do any trimming in the fall. Wait till spring and only cut off what's dead. And you'll you'll see when the green buds start to to fatten and start to grow, you'll cut to that point. Right. Just down to the green. Well, thank you. Okay. And the cayenne pepper works great for the squirrels. I had my planters, and I used it this year to keep them out, and it worked perfectly. Hey, there you go. There you go. Yes. Well, Thanks thank for you that. Very much. An You're unsolicited testimonial. How well, about no, that? No, it's good because yep. you know what? The cayenne pepper is a bit controversial. You may remember. <laughs> so <laughs> it worked well for me. Excellent. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks a lot, Rose. Bye-bye. The Garden <laughs> Show with Charlie Dobbin on the air just for a few more minutes, and I do believe we have time. Time here. for one more call. Yes, do you and think? we're going to Guelph. Uh, to, to say Car- uh, Carol, mm-hmm. welcome to the show. Hi. Morning. Hi. Yeah, go ahead, Carol. Hi. Um, I'm wondering about a Hoya plant. It is absolutely huge. <laughs> I know for them to flower, they have to be pot-bound. Yes. But I think this one's a little beyond pot-bound. <laughs> <laughs> so many, many years in the same pot? Yes. And uh, probably a little tiny pot and then the, a plant you know, that's... it's a fairly big pot, okay. but it's still, I can hardly get stick in to test it to see how wow. whether it needs watering or not. Right. So, and has it been giving you consistent flowers? Oh, flower. I bet you it had 55 flowers. Wow. Wow. They're lovely. They're mm-hmm. fragrant. Okay. So, so here's the challenge. You can't, I mean, it's going to be hard to transplant such a big, it's a big vine, right? I mean, it's mm-hmm. probably taking up half your, your house. And, I wind it round and round itself. So it's going to be very oh, hard to even get it untangled. That's right. Um, you know what? In that, well, it's up to you. The proper thing, of course, is to get that old pot, slightly bigger pot underneath with some fresh soil and, you know, get the whole thing kind of put together into a slightly bigger pot with some fresh soil in, you know, with room for some fresh soil. Mm-hmm. If that's just not possible, then with a spoon, just a kitchen spoon and fork, I would try and rough up and remove some of the old soil. Uh, you know, even if it's a couple of tablespoonfuls, and replace with some fresh potting soil. And even that is better than nothing. In the same pot. Like. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, be the same pot. It is hard to transplant such a big plant, and if it's so happy and healthy, you almost hate to, to disturb it too much. Yeah, and the um, when it's flowering, it, it loses leaves. Mm-hmm. They turn yellow, fall off. Yeah, that's perfectly normal. That's normal? Yep. Okay. Perfectly normal. Yeah, it does. So it's, it's quite happy where it is, so just leave it? Yeah, well, leave it. But it, like I said, if there's any way you can give it a bigger pot and that m- little more soil, it would certainly be a happier plant. But it is tough to do. So yeah. either way, fresh soil is what it's all about. Carol, uh, I'm kind of wondering, and, and all the rest of the colors I'm wondering as well, uh, do you give names to your, your uh, flowers? Plants. Your plants, rather than me? Actually, I don't. <laughs> well, some people do, and I think that's great because uh, Charlie is a great proponent of talking to your plants. It's much easier to say, hey, Bob, how are you oh, doing? Oh, talk to you the know. ones that are dying. Yeah, say, <laughs> please, don't die. don't smarten up, you're out. <laughs> exactly. That's ex- oh, tough love. That's exactly. Yeah, that love works. It. It works. Okay. Tough love is the, the best of advice I've ever given, I think, too. Yeah. So, uh, oh, absolutely. Go for it. Well, and like, as you recognize it, too many years in the same pot is makes it very pot bound, but also the soil is completely lacking in any kind of value yeah, and nothing, nutrient. There's hardly any soil there. It's all roots. It's all roots. Yeah. Exactly. That's where the, a bigger pot would make a big difference. Okay. Is oh. there any way that you can root it? 
with a piece of leaf like you do some other flowers? Yes, but it's more than a piece of leaf. It's a piece of stem with leaves attached. And your best time to be doing that is when the plant is actively growing. So we're thinking next June to do some cuttings. Okay. Okay. Thank you very much. Thanks, Carol. All right. And that puts the wraps on another edition of the Charlie Dobbin Garden Show here at AM 740. Boy, I've got a busy day ahead of me, Charlie. Yeah, share with us what's coming up. Well, I'll tell you, it's it's a wonderful day, and I'm so happy for so many people who will be involved with the Run to End Women's Cancer. I'll be hearing from Libby Mm Snymer, as well as uh, Jane Brown, who are on Team Zoomer. Mm -hmm. Uh, They'll be out there enjoying this wonderful day and raising money for a wonderful cause. Also, uh, Bill Gable going to be calling in for Taste of the Kingsway a little later on the show. Oh, lucky him. And a whole bunch of other stuff. Eating his way down the Kingsway, is he? (laughs) that's right. (laughs) And uh, once again, it's been a delight sharing the studio. thank you so much. You are just the best, best undergardener going. Well, the undergardener job is, you know, it's difficult. It's tough. I work at it every week. Oh, man. You're very, very good. And Griff's been a fine job. Thank you so much. And thanks to all our great callers. We couldn't do this without you. Absolutely. See you next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.